0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's BYTE.COM. That's B Y T E.COM. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE.
1: I'm Dr. Gina. Welcome to Primetime. Never let a crisis go to waste. That is one of the favorite sayings of the Democrats. The shooting at a Boulder, Colorado supermarket yesterday. Though sadly claimed ten innocent lives and the suspect is in custody. In the past, when reporting information about an attack like this, I tended not to use the name of a shooter and preferred not to show a picture of the suspect. But over the past twenty four hours, we know we've known nothing about this shooter, and the leftist news media and the social media ran absolutely wild with theories that the Trump that the shooter was a Trump loving white supremacist. So the record needs to be set straight after all the fake news from the past 24 hours. So here is what we know about the suspect in custody as of now. His name is Ahmad al-Awaii Alyssa, and he is 21 years old, was born in Syria. He came to the United States at the age of three. He is Muslim, and judging from his social media postings, he absolutely hated President Trump. Now, all of this information about the shooter was learned in just the past few hours. But that did not stop the Democrats from taking advantage of the deaths of innocent people in Colorado. And shame on every single one of them that did that. Democrats held hearings on Capitol Hill this morning before any information was even known about the shooting or the shooter. And let me repeat that. They held hearings on something they had absolutely no information about. Ted Cruz called it ridiculous theater, and he was absolutely right. Also, before anything was known about the shooter, Joe Biden came to the podium today to say he has all the answers. Just ban assault weapons and big magazines. Watch this.
2: Future and to urge my colleagues in the House and Senate to act, we can ban assault weapons and high capacity magazines in this country once again. We can save lives increasing the background checks so that are supposed to occur, and eliminating assault weapons, and the size of magazines. We don't know all the detail yet on that. But I'll be talking to you more later today or in the next couple of days about what else we know.
1: And then just when you thought Joe Biden might act presidential and take a question from the press, this happened.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Will you introduce new gun legislation, Mr. President? Well, he didn't take questions today, but he has a press conference scheduled for Thursday. And you know that he is hoping that this will be the big topic of the day and not the border crisis. And coming up, we have Jessica Rivera out in. Boulder, Colorado at the site of the shooting and we have Ben Burkwam at the border reporting from there today and so we have a jam-packed show. But first, let's head out to our hosts and correspondents around America. We start in Washington, D.C. with the host of Just the News AM, Sophie Mann. Sophie, what do you have for us today?
0: Hey, Dr. G. So, quick Trump update from today. Uh, the president on Lisa Booth's new podcast, The Truth with Lisa Booth, talked a little bit about the letter that he wrote to Joe Biden that he left in the Oval Office on January 20th during that peaceful transition of power. So this is a longstanding tradition. The outgoing president will write a letter to the incoming president. You know, this is a job that really only a handful of people in history have ever had. I mean, as we know, incredibly high pressure. So I think that there is this nice tradition of one man passing to the next, a little bit about his experience, a little bit of wisdom, wishing him luck. We are all fighting for the same country at the end of the day, after all. So Joe Biden talked about this letter a little bit with the media, though he wouldn't exactly tell us what was in it. Trump was speaking with Lisa Booth a little bit about what he did put in it. So he said, you know, basically I wish him luck. Uh, It was a couple of pages long. He said that the letter really came from his heart. Um, He wants him to do well. Of course, this is, you know, as I said, all uh, America that we're fighting for. But then he went in a little bit on Biden about some of his policies. He said, you know, and and doing well for this country doesn't look like canceling the Keystone XL pipeline. I mean, that's not something that will help American crude oil prices. He spoke a little bit about how that is not necessarily what Joe Biden's Biden's supporters and donors, including Warren Buffett, are all about anyhow. So, you know, he got those digs in uh, to the current president. I mean, I think this letter could very well end up being something that we see in Trump's presumably upcoming memoirs about his time in the Oval Office, and we'll see if Joe Biden ends up talking a little bit more about it to the press.
1: All right, well, I see that Sophie got the dress memo today. <laughs> Looks like our dresses are almost identical. Thank you so much for that update, Sophie. And uh, I, I'm really, really curious to see what that comes of that letter because there's a lot of mystery behind it. Anyway, now to the news editor over at Just the News, Joseph Weber. Joseph, great to see you.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Joseph, I saw a story at Just the News that reminded me how lucky we are to live in America where we do still have... Somewhat, at least a semblance of freedom of speech, uh, mostly. Tell us about the Polish writer who is in big trouble.
3: Oh, that's a a crazy story. Um, A young writer by the name of uh, Jacob Zula, he made a post to talk about uh, social media and uh, cancel culture in this country. He made a post on Facebook after President Duda said he made this odd comment after President Biden uh, won that basically said that he wanted, waited for, um, he's waiting for the nomination of the Electoral College. And in turn, the writer, uh, Jacob Zulak, called him a moron on Facebook, which immediately uh, brought the attention of Polish authorities, and now they're threatened that he could be punished up to three years in prison. Now, I don't really think that's going to happen uh, but you talk about censoring people on social media—that that would be a tough one.
1: Wow, that really is tough. Interesting. Um, and uh, and so, anything else notable that you wanted to let us know happening at Just the News today, Joseph?
3: Just real quick, I wanted to sort of elaborate on your idea that never let a crisis go to waste. Uh, with you know, cliches—they're cliches, but they work. And in this situation, um, timing is everything, just like you said. Uh, the Democrats have really seized upon moments to try to get their agenda across in this Colorado shooting um, in the gun debate today, or the hearing today in the Senate. Now remember that this debate was actually, this hearing was actually scheduled after the uh, shooting in um, suburban Atlanta at the um, massage parlors. So the timing there is not, I don't think, uh, more than coincidental, I would say. And you take a look, everything that is now is in the context or in light of the filibuster. Uh, it would take 60 votes to pass any sort of gun legislation. Biden called for the two bills that were passed in the House uh, to be immediately passed by the Senate. Manchin, Joe Manchin, West Virginia, the moderate Democrat, he's already says he's not for those bills. Everything is in the context of the filibuster now, whether they're going to get rid of it, the Democrats are going to try to, to pass their la- legislation without 60 votes. I think, if I could just have one more second that this will only hurt them, because any attempt to try to pass gun reform 150 50 votes will just not work in in this country.
1: Well, we'll have to see about that, Joseph. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
3: Thanks for having me. All right,
1: coming up, coming up, we have Ben Berkwam on the southern border, monitoring the crisis there. And we have Jessica Rivera in Boulder, Colorado, at the site of the supermarket shooting. So you're not going to want to miss what we have on the latest and most breaking on the hottest two stories in the country. Stick around. We're Dr. Gina Prime Time right after this.
0: You can host the best backyard
4: barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie
1: to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations.
4: Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do
5: this when you Angie that.
1: Remember, kids in cages, and how Trump was uh, blamed—that you know things for things that were actually built during the Obama years. Well. More cages being constructed so they can pack some more adults and children into detention facilities while they try to figure out what to do with all of them. But don't worry, maybe these new cages won't even be used because now illegal immigrants are just being let go inside the U.S. US without even being given a court date. So why have a border patrol at all, you might ask? Let them all go. Is that the Biden border plan? No borders at all? sure seems like it. Here with me now down in Texas on our southern border is the one and only Ben on the border Ben Burkwam. Ben thank you so much for all the hard work you're doing down there.
4: Oh, it's uh, it's a total honor, Dr. Gina. You know, it's we're we're uncovering things. We're really creating the news because we're actually showing what's really happening and uh, just had more of it today. I I wanna say a huge shout out to the Texas border patrol agents that we had the opportunity to speak with today off camera for uh, their security. Uh, It's just been an amazing day, unprecedented access. I've never had an opportunity like we had today. It was really, really incredible places we got to go and the things that we got to see and, and just a huge shout out and thank you to all of our courageous border patrol agents.
1: Which is fascinating, considered that the border patrol has been specifically instructed not to help you at all.
4: Well, and that's what we found. They're they're not allowed to speak, but that doesn't mean they're on camera, but that doesn't mean off the record, they're not allowed to tell us where we need to go and what we will see. And we went down today, we were along the border uh, and had the opportunity to actually witness a a, a legal crossing, cartel coyotes taking a woman and two children, Uh, you can see it right here. This was about an hour ago, Border Patrol gave us the, the, the location of where this was happening all day we drove up pulled up to it and this is what we saw this was uh, sorry for the uh, kind of the shaky footage but that was this was a cartel scout uh, paddling this the, this woman and these two children across there's another cartel member in the striped shirt right there they ended up taking them to the other side of the river dropped them off and then paddled back across. Uh, and ultimately, those three, uh, the woman and those two children were apprehended by Border Patrol. The sad thing is, in, in, you know, the, in hearing Border Patrol, and you can see him just paddling back across. And this is one location out of hundreds of locations all over our southern border where cartels, and this is, a, you know, this is cartel. This is cartel. Anybody who takes somebody across a river like that, that is controlled. It is orchestrated. Uh, and it is paid for or the, the, the it is uh, the cartels that get paid for this. And then they took the raft, took it away. Uh, Border Patrol says these guys are out there basically all day taking different people across. The sad part is, like you said, though, once they apprehended them, uh, they you know, I, I asked the Border Patrol, what do you do? You know, how do you stop this? He said I, I mentioned what Sheriff Wilmot said that. This administration has turned Border Patrol into the Uber for the cartels. And he just shook his head and said, yeah, that's basically what we are right now. We want to be able to stop this. We want to be able to stop the drug traffickers. But right now, uh, we're basically Uber for the cartels.
1: And that can't feel like very fulfilling for them. I mean, most of these guys, they didn't come into these kinds of jobs. I know a lot of them from living on the border in San Diego, as a lot of this audience knows um, for years. And I I know a lot of them, some of them are friends of mine. Um, And that's not why these guys and women go into this job. They go into this because they want to stop the criminal cartels, they want to stop Uh, The death, the human trafficking, the drugs that come across the border, they come into this because they're patriots, not because they want to be Uber drivers to set these uh, cartel members free.
4: Uh, 100%. They want to be able to do their job. Uh, They are furious at what is happening right now. Unfortunately, they can't say anything about it because they're worried about losing their jobs. They're worried about uh, losing uh, you know, what, what they have and, and, and so, but they all, every single one that we've spoken to were thankful that we were here, they appreciated that we were here, and you could tell they want America to see this because the fake news media isn't telling America. When we told them who we were and what we were doing, they, you could see the look of appreciation on their face. Uh, and in fact, uh, one officer said, can I get a picture with you? And so, I mean, it's just, they, they want it. This is why they do what they do they wanna be able to secure the border. This is why they swore that oath. This is why they joined Border Patrol. Many of them are former military, former law enforcement, and to have their hands tied like they're tied right now, it's just a slap in the face to them. It's, they, you know, it's, 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 it's a shame, it's a real shame.
1: In, in that video, Ben, that you, we keep showing where, with the raft, with them bringing the uh, people across there, what's the big splash in the background that we see first?
4: Throwing throwing the raft into the waters. So, well, actually, no, I take that back. Uh, there was uh, uh, several people out fishing. Now, uh, they were they were throwing these big nets into the water. So the uh, some, uh, oh, some people it. in the background you can see throwing their nets. And so you know it's interesting that you see it's it's all happening at the same time. Life is happening in Mexico, and a lot of the people on the Mexico side they don't appreciate it either. You know their lives. They're out there with their family. We saw we actually had an opportunity to to uh, talk back and forth across the river, and there was a family that came out there to swim with their children. And you know, a lot of them aren't happy about what's happening. The cartel screws up their life just like they do people on this side of the border. So it's it's a tragedy Absolutely. on both sides of the border. What's happening, the violence we see over there and the violence we see over here and the human trafficking we see in Mexico and Central America that's brought over here, it's not just affecting America, it's affecting everybody along the way.
1: Yeah, because these cartels are dangerous and they don't want to reactivate it in their neighborhoods. Again, I remember talking to the That's people right. on the borders as well on the Mexico side. I spent a ton of time over there when I lived there. Uh, ben, our border patrol is so overrun that illegals are being released without even being a summons to court. So why should they even be detained at all by border patrol?
4: Well, and that's what the left has been pushing for. You know, they are calling for this. No, no, uh, no. They, they say no, uh, no border patrol, uh, no ICE, no U.S., uh, no USA at all is actually one of the chants that they say. This is the goal of the left in America: wow. is to is to get rid of walls, to get rid of border sovereignty, to get rid of the, the United States. I mean, that is the ultimate goal of the far left that is driving the ship when it comes to Democrat policy in America. And so a lot of people say, oh, well, they're they're screwing up, you know, this is bad, this, they're, they're not doing it right. No, they're doing it exactly how the far left want them to. In fact, they're not doing enough of the open borders. You're right, what they want is just to open it up free for all, and I've asked some of these leftists, well, how much are you willing to pay out of your own pocket? How much are you willing to pay when it comes to your own safety and your family's safety and your neighborhood and your community? They can never answer that question, but that is the mindset. They don't want Border Patrol. They don't want ICE and they don't want a border. They want everybody to be able to come in. The, you know, the, the, the shame is, but they've got their own private security. They've got walls around their houses and locks on their doors. And you look at Washington DC right now, that is, is barricaded up to protect the elite. But they just don't want it for us, the American people. It's, it is an absolute shame.
1: And the very fact that the Biden administration is forbidding the Border Patrol to even speak with media uh, tells you they have something to hide why w- why else would you forbid them to speak to us then the construction for new detention centers is getting off to a really fast start but it's too bad this time and effort and money isn't being spent on a wall because this is so easily solvable and was on the fast track to really being solved what are you hearing from people there on the ground what is the level of frustration with the people trying to cross and then and then getting here and being held in all these weird different situations when they felt like they kind of had a secret promise from the Biden administration, they were just going to waltz right in and be set free.
4: Well, the irony is uh, it sounds like the, this new Biden regime is, is a- actually going to have to start implementing some of President Trump's policies because they actually worked. The reason we saw such a decline in illegal crossings over the last two years is because President Trump's administration policies on the border actually worked. The Remain in Mexico policy, building the wall, uh, holding people accountable, deporting illegal aliens that were here that were caught. All of this was working and and all that the Biden, uh, all they did by saying that uh, we're gonna end deportations and we're gonna reopen the borders was invite this. And so now you've got people coming up. We interviewed some of them in Tijuana who said they felt betrayed by Joe Biden because they expected just to be let in. But the other side of that is we're interviewing people down here on the border who said they feel betrayed by Joe Biden because President Trump's policies were working and now their communities are back in danger. So it's it's really, you know, it, it, President Trump had the slogan, America first. A lot of people believe uh, Joe Biden's is the exact opposite. It's America last, and that's what we're starting to see. And you're, you know, it, how do you fix it? How do you put the genie back in the bottle? I don't know, other than reestablishing the policies and principles that actually worked and putting America first again.
1: The Biden administration's plans to pay for hotel beds for illegals um, in the meantime while they are building new cages, which, I mean, we heard such an uproar about that during uh, Trump, but we're not hearing much of an uproar about that because I guess now it's Biden building the cages um, for <laughs> these children and adults. So why, why, would, why wouldn't you come to the U.S. if you live south of the border? I mean, the welcome mat has been rolled out. So right. for the people who are staying there, why are they staying in Mexico?
4: Oh, I, look, I totally get it. If you were in Central America and you lived under a despot, you look at Guatemala, 95% of the murders go unsolved. The corruption in all of these countries, uh, social, many of them socialist countries, uh, the, what the left wants to turn America into, I get it, you'd want to leave. Uh, I, I totally understand that. It's the people here it's the leftist organizations who are now on track to make billions of dollars. Four billion dollars are set to be spent on these leftist organizations in Mexico and Central America. The ones that are aiding and abetting the invasion that we have happening now. Like you said, $86 million of our tax dollars to house people in hotels. Why wouldn't you do that? It beats me. I mean, that's why they're coming. I mean, that's it's the whole point. We're incentivizing it. If you incentivize people to do, you know, to, to, to do this, why wouldn't they do it? I mean, and that's the well, question. That's why do we keep, why, why, why do we give them a pass? Why do we give uh, Biden and the Democrats a pass? They own this. They completely own this.
1: Though a new poll by Scott Rasmussen at Just the News found that 40% of people say the border crisis is Biden's fault. 27% said Trump, 12% said Congress is <laughs> to blame. Your thoughts on those numbers, Ben?
4: Well, bottom line is uh, the media the the amount of media malpractice and dereliction of duty by the so-called press in America if they were actually doing their job and telling the truth and doing what we're doing down here the the public would know what's happening but that that's why so many people are blinded to it they're ignorant to it because the fake news media isn't reporting it that is why it's so critical that this message that what we're doing that the specials that we're doing on this network get out to the people because if they knew what i see on a daily basis down here what border patrol sees the atrocities that are happening if they knew a hundred percent of them outside of the evil ones would say this has to stop
1: and then it's a democrat congressman though who's blowing the whistle on this congressman henry sway the one who leaked pictures to the press of the horrible conditions at the facility down there in texas congressman Swaylar told reporters that over 5,100 illegal aliens are being held in facilities that were meant to hold only 700 people. Then if that's not a crisis, I don't know what is.
4: Well, and we have that, we have that congressman. We also have the mayor of, uh, uh, I've drawn a blank on the town. There's a mayor, a Democrat mayor in in Texas calling him out as well. Many Democrats are starting to realize that what is happening here is not good for America. And uh, Republican or Democrat, if you actually view this, Logically, and you view this with, you know, with the, the reality of what's happening, you can't say that this is good for anyone. And I think we're gonna start seeing that. We're gonna start seeing pressure. We, ha- we see the pressure from the far left. That's what's driving this. But what we're gonna start seeing more and more and more are the so-called moderate Democrats coming out and saying, wait a second, this is too far. This is affecting my own community. This is affecting my constituents. We've got to do something about this. And maybe we'll start seeing a shift in America once that happens. I just, it has to happen. I, hope, I pray it happens sooner rather than later because every day this continues, this crisis just gets worse and worse and worse.
1: And how long before we see another Been on the Border special coming out?
4: We're working on it now, we've got the footage from Yuma, now we've got Brownsville, we're gonna be heading to McAllen, Texas tomorrow, and then Laredo, and then making a final push all the way from the east, we're as far east as you can go on the border here, and we're gonna go as far west as you can go. Uh, So anticipate that new border special, Ben on the Border 2, episode two, coming out in a couple weeks.
1: All right, Ben Berquam, thank you so much for being with us.
4: Thanks, Dr. Gina.
1: Coming up next, we're going to get the latest from our own Jessica Rivera. She is in Boulder, Colorado, on the ground at the site of the supermarket shooting. Was it a terror attack or just a mentally ill man with a gun? We're going to ask FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force member Steve Rogers about that coming up. Don't miss it. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you.
5: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Let's head out to our own Jessica Rivera, who is now at the site of the supermarket shooting in Boulder, Colorado. Jessica, I want to make sure you can hear me okay. Um, we know very little, Jessica, about this entire situation until just a few hours ago, where we started learning some of the details, and now we are finally starting to find out more. Jessica, what do you know?
6: Well, I... Thank you, Dr. Gina. And yes, uh, what we do know at this time is the King Supers right behind me here in Boulder, Colorado, just uh, a little before 3 p.m. local time yesterday, 21-year-old Ahmed Ahmad al Issa walked into this grocery store and shot and killed 10 people. He was wounded um, by police officers. They finally took him into custody a little after an hour after the shootout started. The shooting began, which we are learning actually started out in the parking lot here, and then he entered the store. The suspect is 21-year-old Ahmed Al-Isa, born in Syria in 1999, but lived most of his life here in America, specifically in nearby Arvada, Colorado, where he went to high school. We are learning that he graduated actually in 2018, May of 2018, he was a wrestler there in high school. And we also hear from former classmates now that he was very prone to angry outbursts. We also know from his 34 year old brother and his sister that he was very antisocial and very paranoid. He felt people were listening in on his conversations. He felt people were hacking into his social media and he felt people were following him. Uh, Alisa was had two run-ins with in 2018 with the Arvada Police Department where he lived. One for criminal mischief the other for third degree assault which were misdemeanors. Um, The FBI knew Alisa's name from an undisclosed investigation um, previously. And we are also learning that his social media showed that he was interested in kickboxing and martial arts. Uh, he did not care for Trump. As, as a matter of fact, he actually ranted and hated Trump. Uh, we also learned that in a social media post, he uh, very much ranted, had anti-gay um, slurs on there. And we also know that Facebook a little earlier today took down his Facebook and his Instagram accounts. So those are vi- Unless you have the screenshots or you know what was on there previously, they you cannot get to those now. And we do understand he did kill ten victims here, and they age from range age 20 to 65. And Dr. Gina, as you can see here to my left, uh, there is a makeshift memorial that was very small when we started today but it has grown the size of the fence in uh, outside the grocery store where community the community is coming together with flowers candles prayers and just uh, giving you know just coming out to see the devastation here many of them can't believe that this is their local supermarket and then to my right you can also see in front of the grocery store all the windows that are shot out, and we have learned that that was actually done by the suspect, not the police officers. Um, and this is the information we have now. We know that he was injured by police. He had a gunshot wound to the leg, an injury, which he was taken to the hospital for. And we understand that Alisa is been charged with 10 uh, charges of first-degree murder, and that's what we know right now.
1: Um, you know, Jessica, I know the surreal feeling of being there. I covered the Parkland shooting for the Hannity show just a couple of years ago. Here, when it happened, and uh, I remember m- pulling up in the you know middle of the night after it happened, and there was almost no one there yet. And I remember there were so many strange phenomena uh, taking place. And One I remember is a, a guy who ultimately gathered his internet fame uh, from. You know sort of being very outspoken on the matter against guns being a gun control advocate who's really made his his entire fame and fortune on the gun control issue was there that night and he told me he wanted to get in front of the camera told me to put him in front of the camera i refused um and uh but anyway he subsequently got i guess someone to put him in front of the camera um what are you seeing there on the ground that has surprised you the most in terms of just other reactions, other people around, other media around, things like that. Give us a feeling for what things are like there, besides very cold and snowing uh, there on the ground.
6: Um, Well, you know, to be honest with you, uh, the community, anybody that we've uh, spoken to uh, local business owners, they've been nothing but kind, um, very emotional, which is understandable. Very thankful that we're out here covering this very saddened, obviously, by the tragedy and that the community has to come together in this fashion. Nothing has really surprised me other than you do, of course, see uh, the signs that are asking you know about gun control how long how many more lives those things but nobody ever asks the questions or I don't see the signs about you know mental health checks or mental health care in this country which is I guess the most surprising thing that I would have to say that I take away from this tragic scene today because I think when we, and of course we don't officially know a whole lot yet, but what we're hearing from his background, the suspect, uh, he, you know, from high school up till now, and he's only 21 years of age, it seems that he had quite a, a mental health issue. Of course, like I said, we don't know that for sure. We don't know if he was ever diagnosed by anything, but I mean his own family has admitted he was very paranoid and um antisocial. So to me, that stands out as major health issues. But yet, as always, we, you're going to you're going to see the people that just want to ban guns, take them away. And we actually spoke with one business owner earlier today that kind of had an issue with that, because she says, you know, that's not really the issue here in our community. Uh, these things happen. And uh, it's sad that they have to kind of politicize it. But that is what happens. I think we're used to that at this point. Um, and I, and I wanted to point out to her that, you know, in Europe, they have banned guns and since then they have a knife issue. So I don't know if that's really going to solve the problem. If that's what they think the problem is at this point, because I feel if somebody has a mental health issue or somebody wants to commit a crime, they're going to find a way.
1: Or if they are a terrorist and, uh, the uh, Islamist attitude seems to be uh, something that is uh, at least worth considering here, perhaps more than the gun issue, since uh, that doesn't seem uh, something that um, you know, is necessarily pervasive in his background, and certainly m- not um, a white supremacist Trump supporter, as was speculated by much of the news media earlier in the day. Um, it's scary to think we have terrorist cells perhaps uh, rising up again or something like that, uh, like we did have prior to the Trump presidency Again, I would hate to hear that happening again. It seems like that was so well under control in America. And I remember prior to the Trump presidency as a mother going to sleep at night, that was my number one concern were um, were the terrorist cells that uh, we had uh, so prolifically um, in the prior administration. So hopefully this isn't a sign of those sorts of things to come so anyway we certainly do appreciate you being there and covering this and giving us so many details that we're just not getting from the other media thank you so much jessica stay safe
6: of course thank you dr gina
1: all right and um for more on the investigation joining me now former fbi joint terrorism task force member lieutenant steve rogers steve thank you so much for being with us
2: you're welcome dr gina
1: Steve, it's always terrible that we bring you in on uh, situations like this, but uh, it's always interesting. and, And you know, the hope is always, Steve, that we can learn something so that these things become somehow more predictable and therefore more preventable. What are investigators doing right now? What are they looking for as we are all waiting for more answers? And I guess specifically, why did it take them so long to get us any information on this shooter?
2: Well, I'll answer that question and I'll answer the question as to uh, what have we learned. Uh, To begin with, uh, as we're speaking, uh, law enforcement is doing a forensic analysis of all of the social media platforms that this individual was on. uh, His cell phone, who he's called, who he's been in contact with, and uh, also people who he has interacted with for quite some time. So, uh, and they're doing this now because they want to see A, was he pushed to do this by anyone or by any group? Or B, is it truly a mental health issue that spurred this over a period of time? And then C, what is the motive? And that's gonna be very, very important to this investigation. What was the motive? Now, Dr. Gina, the controversial answer to the question you asked as to what we've learned. And law enforcement across the board believes this Contrary to what the left and others may say, what we're finding out is that this uh, politicization of the, the issues like this, as from President Biden today, to suggest that gun control stricter gun control measures would have prevented this, is a false narrative. I could tell you this, as a 25, as a 38-year veteran in law enforcement, and my colleagues, we believe that when law-abiding citizens are allowed to carry their weapons don't forget they are trained citizens this is not the wild west you're going to minimize the death of people when some crazed individual comes in and decides to take life and that was my first reaction when i heard 10 people including police officers were shot and killed had there been an individual allowed to carry a weapon like they do in certain states i would venture to say that you can't say that you'd prevent all loss of life but by golly before the police got there I believe it would have been minimized. So that is the hard, cold answer to that very, very uh, 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 interesting question that you asked as to what we have learned.
1: Well, and Steve, we do a good guy with a gun uh, pieces on this show uh, all the time and how they save lives. We can't know how many lives could have been saved had there been a good guy with a gun in this particular scenario. But, Steve, what does it tell us that he survived? We know that he was terribly anti-Trump, terribly anti-gay. Um, The terribly anti-gay part does concern me. I mean, that is obviously a sign of, you know, an Islamist attitude. That is, it is a precept of uh, Islamism. Um, But the fact that he didn't kill himself or die in the attack, does that make it less likely to be an Islamist attack? A terror attack? No,
2: not not at all. Uh, Keep in mind that it is the objective of the police to always take a suspect like this alive. You never want this person to... Uh, either be shot and killed by the police, or you don't give them the ability to kill themselves. And the reason is this, that suspect becomes your best witness. You get to interview them, to talk with them. You get to find out exactly who, what, when, where, and why. So it's very important that the people keep him alive. And and also keep in mind this, that if we are dealing with a mental health issue, it doesn't mean that this person was not in contact with some criminal organization or others who pushed him over the edge. That's why it is important that absolutely nothing, uh, uh, no motive is left out. We, we, look Anything could have happened here with regard to why he did this, but it's very important, as you said, that we begin to eliminate things like terrorism and, and perhaps some other issues. But it could lead in that direction. No one knows it, but that's why it's important to take these people alive.
1: Well, in my own background in mental health tells me that those who do, you know, who do have mental health issues are definitely more susceptible to things that lead you to fanaticalism like Islamic terror. Um, like, um, you know, tribalism and the things that lead to Islamist terror or other sorts of terrorist activities. So, Steve, that makes perfect sense to me. Steve, why was the shooter marched out with no clothes on? Does that mean he was uh, maybe suspected of having been wearing a suicide vest or a, a, a bomb so that they that they stripped him?
2: Well, you know, Dr. G, it's a good question. Uh, I've never run into a situation where someone would just simply take all their clothes off, but you bring up a good point. It's highly possible. That if he walked out with his clothes, he may have believed that law enforcement may have believed he had a bomb on him and maybe he would have lost his life. I mean, clearly this guy didn't want to die. So uh, good question. The only answer I could come up with is that he wanted to show law enforcement that he was no longer a threat to them. He accomplished his goal and uh, now he's in custody.
1: All right. Well, uh, Steve, anything else that you want to add? Questions I haven't asked that you think are pertinent to this uh, you know ongoing investigation as we're watching this for clues that we can see to know more about this
2: well, only a few things that look if people uh, like his sister or relative noticed that he was playing with a gun two or three days ago if people see someone uh, playing with weapons or you know your gut is going to tell you there's something wrong here don't hesitate to call the police just let them know there's something not right here you guys take it okay. from there and then finally it's important we continue to keep our country in prayer Keep our law enforcement officers in prayer. I believe, and I know you believe in the power of prayer, so let's remember there's a God above. He's going to take care of us, but we need to always remember to be vigilant and put our faith to work.
1: You know, Steve, that I think is perhaps the best suggestion of all. I think about all the things this country needs right now, and that's probably the number one. Thank you so much for being with us tonight.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Coming up, well, President Trump is uh, taking on the cancel culture, starting his own media platform. That's next, right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. We'll tell you about it. Stay with us.
6: Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana.
7: It doesn't get any better than this.
6: Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes.
7: There really is no place like home.
6: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.
1: Hey, welcome back to Buckingham Prime Time. Now, the Twitter CEO made one of the worst decisions in all of world history when he kicked President Trump off of the platform because now, President Trump says, He's going to start his own. Here with me now, Georgia State Representative Vernon Jones. Representative, great to see you.
7: Thank you so much. Glad to be on your show.
1: Representative, if you were the CEO of Twitter, how foolish would you feel now as people are chomping at the bit for President Trump to launch his own platform so they can leave Twitter and join the President Trump version of Twitter?
7: I don't think I'd be feeling foolish. I think I would be feeling horrified and terrified that my stock is going to go down, my stakeholders are going to be leaving me left and right, and all of those subscribers I had and all the money that I made is getting ready to go down the drain. President Trump is going to show him what cancel culture is all about.
1: Well, you've been sounding the alarm about all of these um, you know all of the things that you've watched. What 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 do you think you will do? Will you go off of all the other platforms, or will you um, still use all of those other platforms? Will you just jump ship and be exclusive? I mean, what have, have you thought about how you'll handle a Trump platform?
7: Well, first of all, I definitely will be on President Trump's platform, and I will be using Twitter's platform to send as many people as, as I can over to Trump's platform. Um, and then if they I, I'll, I'm going to make an ultimatum, ultimatum statement to them, if they're going to continue their canceled war, if they're going to continue to ban or censorship individuals from their freedom of speech. Then, yes, I will turn out the lights. I would turn them off and I'm somewhere else forever. They would never get me back uh, as one of their users or subscribers
1: you know, and on your social media, I've seen where you've been pretty hard on your governor and you're still sounding the alarm about the election irregularities that have happened in your state of Georgia. And over at Just the News, we've reported on some of the new emails that have been released from the election night that show some really shady stuff went down with stopping the vote count and telling everyone to leave. And you've been pretty hard on the Republican leadership there. But uh, right now, we are seeing the result of those elections. We see our borders open. We see gun control being pushed in Washington, D.C. And we can see that definitely and indeed elections have consequences. And election irregularities most definitely have consequences. Um, So what are your thoughts uh, now as opposed to how you thought things were going to look before you saw what this biden administration would actually do
7: well over 75 million people thought it would go the way that it's going if Joe Biden was to be elected what would happen you'll see crisis started to gener- start to generate President Trump put the fire out on what on illegal crossing this border he did it by building the wall he enforced the law he, he they stopped and returned they captured and returned back across the border they made them wait on the other side of the fence until it was their turn at the same time he increased border security and then what did he do with these foreign countries he made them start to pay their fair share and start giving some of our money back for our people here America first next he started investing in various communities including the African American community creating jobs and job opportunities Uh, not only through that but also writing into funding for historical black colleges but everybody, whether you're black, white, blue, or brown, you had an opportunity under the Trump administration. Prior to the pandemic, he had this economy on steroids. And right now, Joe Biden is trying to take credit for the vaccination. President Trump did that with, with through Operation Warp Speed. And you know what's really ironic? When you look at Joe Biden, Joe Biden came in to govern with vengeance, not with vision. Anything that has Trump' name on, except the vaccination, he's getting rid of it. But he's using Trump's Uh, uh, legacy using Trump's President Trump's uh, record and his accomplishments to sustain him and get him through this COVID where he's trying to take credit for it. But we know better than that. He's been a disaster. Look at what is happening. $88 million going to pay hotel bills for illegals at the same time we have our National Guard sleeping on the ground. It's a mess, uh, uh, good doctor. It is a mess. We told them, though, we warned them that this would happen.
1: You know, I know you're a former Democrat, so maybe you can help me out just a little bit with this. Um, right now, we see the Democrats reacting to this crisis, this horrible crisis that took place in Colorado, and immediately they started saying, you know, gun gun control. They already had meetings on it this morning. Um, they immediately started saying this is a white supremacy issue. It's probably, the, kill, the shooter was probably a, a pro-Trump white supremacist. Um, that was their immediate speculation. Turns out, guess what? It's kind of the opposite of that. It's kind of an anti-Trump, um, anti-white guy, um, it sounds like, um, who hates gay people and is, uh, looks like an Islamist of sorts. Um, so if President Trump and Trump supporters would have been to blame had they been right in their speculation, and we should have passed more gun legislation had they been right, in their speculation, then shouldn't the opposite side of that be true if they're wrong?
7: The narrative was shaped. This whole thing was about defeating President Trump. They were so angry at President Trump, they were willing to cut their nose off in spite of their faces. Can you believe anything that they could tie to this president to help him lose the election? Now those things are coming back to haunt them And big tech and and the liberal media, they know it. They know it. They they were trying to hide some of those pictures of those kids, those illegal kids being housed in the same cages that Obama and Biden was doing that they blamed Trump for doing. Isn't that ironic? And they were literally hiding it out. Didn't want the people to see those uh, photographs, how they're themselves violating COVID uh, best practices. And so just this whole thing, uh, Dr. Junior, this whole thing was rigged. The election process, you can see now there's no integrity in it. That's why people didn't trust it. And think about the, the Washington Post came out. Now, you know, something had to happen for them to come out and admit it that they lied. See, those headlines were really head liars. And that had an influence on so many people's minds and shaping the narrative and blaming Trump for everything. Now, what President Trump has said is now coming out to fruition. Everything he predicted. And here it is. But you know what, they're still trying to hide it because they're embarrassed and they don't want people to know that they were wrong. But it wasn't about really them being wrong. They just hated President Trump so much because he put America first that they just want to, wanted to have them out. And when that Asian shot and killed 32 people, that Asian, and I don't mean that Asian in that way, but the Asian young man who shot and killed 32 people at Virginia Tech, 21 of them were white. Did they say that this is the Asian community against the white community. No, they didn't say that. The Chicago last weekend, over 15 people were killed by black people. What are they going to call that? Did President Trump do that? Was that white supremacy or black supremacy? Or what was that? It's the hypocrisy of this. They're literally dividing races. The liberals are dividing races and
3: sexes.
1: Is, yeah, you make some great points. Let me ask you this question. I only have a, about a minute left, but will Georgia be a blue state in the next election?
7: Georgia's always been a red state, and it's going to continue to be a red state. And what I mean by always, and, and since uh, our other former governor, Governor Perdue, was governor, Georgia went red across the board, everywhere. Georgia was red this past election, which you had as a situation where Stacey Abrams went in the back room with our Secretary of State, cut a deal that impacted and had an impact, or imp- had a, a greatly uh, uh, impact, I should say, I should more than this impact, on mail-in ballots that create an environment of fraud. And that's what created that, not to mention the media doing all they could to to divide uh, people and get them to try to encourage them to stay home, President Trump's people doing the wrong. It's just a mess. But let me tell you, um, right now, I can tell you 2022, watch what's gonna happen now in the United States Congress, uh, watch what's gonna happen in the United States Senate. And Georgia's gonna play a major role in that.
1: Well we're gonna be we're gonna be watching. Thank you so much, Representative. Good to have you with us. Thank you. All right. And thanks to all of you for joining us here tonight at your new home for real news. That's RAV TV, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth.
5: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement.